Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, a mom to an incredible young adult son on the autism spectrum. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast three years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. The Special Needs Parenting Village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season three of Living the Sky Life. Welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life, season three. My guest today is Betsy Hicks-Russ. She is a leading autism expert with over 20 years of experience in holistic health. Betsy is the former CEO of Green Health Wellness and the author of Picky Eating Solutions, which was published in 2010, which is a unique guidebook on the life-changing power of healthy eating habits. Betsy has delivered lectures around the world about meal planning, special diets, and holistic health for individuals living with autism. Her experiences with her son, Joey, have driven her to become an impassioned expert on the relationship between nutrition, movement, and fresh air being vital for the mind and the body. Betsy strives to give those who may not have a voice the chance to express themselves and seek freedom from prejudice and social barriers. Her dedication to health and wellness translates directly to her passion for caregiving and the mission to create space for people living on the autism spectrum to be heard, understood, and embraced. Betsy is also the creator of the Joey Bar, which is a delicious, organic, and nutrient-dense snack. You can connect with Betsy on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Her handle is BetsyOnTheGo, and it's really fun to watch her adventures with Joey. They go for hikes. They do a lot of bike riding. They're out and about um, in the Washington State area. So please enjoy my conversation with Betsy. Welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I always say this, but I'm super excited about the guest I have today. Um, I just find that lately I have um, connected with so many parents with older children on the spectrum, which is kind of where I'm trying to go anyway. Um, So Betsy Hicks-Russ is with me today. You guys might know her as Betsy on the go in her social media. So Betsy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Lori, so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I am thrilled that we connected. Um, You know, I've kind of been watching you through TikTok and through Instagram and all of your videos with your kids. And I'm in love with Joey. I just think he is the coolest kid, Um, young adult. I can't call him a kid. I call Skylar kid too. Yeah, it's okay. We can always call him a kid. It's all good. So um, being that Joey is 28, um, can you just give the listeners who aren't familiar with your family and your story, um, a little bit of background just about him and his, his path through autism and yours. I know it's 28 years worth, so you can, you know, it's, you know. <laughs> it's okay. I am I'm, I'm good at the elevators, elevator speeches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually getting ready to start a lecture series this spring called, um, uh, autism from toddlers to adults and all the nuggets in between. And, and the reason I named it that is because I'm known for my food and, 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 and dietary interventions for, for autism, but I've gotten so many people on social media who have said to me, like, what are the nuggets? I mean, in all that time, you've clearly learned a lot of really great, important things. And what are those nuggets that you can tell the younger, the younger moms at this point, as well as the older moms, you know, and, and, and so the path that I've taken is one that is super unconventional yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and one that I don't think many people would want to replicate or could replicate, but um, Joey was diagnosed to two. Now we're talking about a time. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I'm sure you have those listeners out there that have older children, but we're not talking, you know, this is, this is pre-computers. This is like, there is no Google searching. There is yep. no 
you know, there, there were some listservs going on about that time, but there was nothing out there. And so we were kind of going on, you know, books and the reliability of trying to meet other parents who are going through the same thing. So we had a lot of support groups kind of going on. And, um, as I, I started learning about dietary intervention when he was around three. And so since I was kind of pioneering my way, Lisa Lewis had put a book out called Special Diets for Special Kids. And I was kind of pining my way through that and that information and then starting support groups and things such as that. Well, through the process, I wrote this tiny little like cookbook thing. And I ended up meeting a doctor, a pediatrician who was so confused why all of a sudden all these kids with autism were being diagnosed. And um, we met at an autism conference and um, it's a very long story, but a year later, we went back to the autism conference, fell in love and immediately got married. Uh, so, so, uh, you wouldn't expect was- to find that at the autism conference. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like people are like, forget your book about picky eating. Tell us how to find a pediatrician to take care of your child. <laughs> So, but, but honestly, he was on the same path I was. I mean, obviously he knew the medical terms, but we was searching for answers as much as I was. Uh And we started um, an autism clinic together. We, uh, he was based out of Illinois, but we moved our clinic to Wisconsin and set out on our own path to try to learn on a very holistic end. And, and it's not to downplay uh, conventional or any sort of, of medical model. It's just that we really wanted to know the roots. We wanted to know the whys, uh, medically speaking. And so we set out on this huge quest and had a beautiful path for 16 years trying to figure out what what was actually going on until sadly, uh, nearly six years ago, he passed away um, very unexpectedly. So uh, I, my, my path has been a big piece of Joey and, and, and what Joey has taught me, but it's been thousands of kids with living with autism because every single client that came in there was a different story and a different way of looking at it and a different, different modalities helped for that one kid versus what helped Joey or what mm-hmm. didn't help Joey like things that didn't help Joey were like miraculous for others. And so I like, I love my foundation and I greatly appreciate my foundation because I am not one-sided. I am not just blinded into one direction and that Mm -hmm. this is what worked for my child. So this is what must work for all children. I really have a good vast understanding of everyone's opinions and how it all goes about. I think that is hugely important too. I mean, there is no one direct path. We've tried everything there is under the sun. Some worked, some didn't. And it's, it's that, um, that false hope. I feel like that parents are given all the time, like, well, my child did this and they were talking. If, if communication is the thing they were talking within two weeks, you know, we heard, we heard that with the H bot, um, hyperbaric chamber. We bought one yeah. of those. We've right. done all of it and none of it worked for us. And so right. it just makes you oh, right. just, it's so upsetting because you have high hopes for all of these things. You so. do. And you invest, you know, you have this finite amount of dollars and, and you, you invest in all these different ways and all these different therapies, and you do have the high hopes. And so, so how, you know, it's, it's, this is where my lecture is, is going to be about is like, how do you know where to begin? How do you know where to begin? And how do you know that you're going to the direction you want to go in? And I'm not a big fan of the word goals. I don't like, I don't like the word goals because I feel there's a potential failure that's attached to the word goals. I prefer thinking of it more as to, you know, what, 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 what would I like to see? What, what, um, you know, this or something more like, like what, what can I aim towards, but not necessarily like I have this goal because one of the things that John, my late husband used to say continually is I do not want, I'm not looking to fix them. I'm not looking at, making them not have autism. I just want them comfortable in their body. Mm-hmm. That as far as I'm concerned is what I'm aiming for is, is what I'm 
putting my GPS on, I want my son comfortable in his body. And then I let all the little breadcrumbs lead me in that direction to Mm -hmm. help I make him the most comfortable. Well, I think you're right. Cause I think with goals, um, accidentally or, or not comes with, um, feeling of timelines and achievements. And so, you know, my goal is to have Skylar doing this by this age. Well, you can't do that. And that's one thing I learned not Mm -hmm. that long ago. I mean, I still was on the path of, okay, if if people would tell me if he's not speaking by, you know, 10, he's probably never going to, well, maybe he's not, but maybe he is. And so the goals were frustrating because we weren't meeting any of them. And then once I took a step back and I'm like, it's not my timeline, it's nobody's timeline. It's his, he'll show me what he needs when he needs it. And I just have to be patient and observant and figure it out and take his lead. So Uh, take his lead and, and respect his path Mm -hmm. and respect our path. And, uh, you know, it's, um, a good word for it all is eager. I, I like the word eager. Eager to me is like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm eager to see what this could bring. I'm eager for that, but it doesn't put a lot of stress on it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, you know, there, there comes this, we, we have, if I could talk on so many different paths mm-hmm. on the autism from, from therapies to, to, uh, to biomedical to of course, dietary, which is a part of biomedical. Um, and then there's the, and, and I, for, we could call it spirituality. I don't want to upset anybody who's, you know, on a path more of a religion-based spirituality, but the piece of it is, is just that respect as a human being that he's here on a path with a path. And, and it is not our job to determine what that path is. Mm -hmm. We want to make it as easy for him as possible, but to allow them, him or her to, to kind of live this life to the the fullest that they're here to live it for. Yep. I completely agree. That is a beautiful respect to have for anybody, not just our children with autism, but that everybody is here with their own unfolding and nobody can possibly understand my world because they haven't walked the path that I've walked. And so from every single interaction that you have every day, you learn all these little nuances of life and ways of thinking of things. And when you figure you multiply that 365 times, I'm I'm about to turn 56. That's a lot of experiences. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have a lot of conditional beliefs that are in my mind as to the, the best way to do it. And, and this is, this is something that we, we have to be open to is that different people have different ways of looking at things and, and that there's timing to it all. Now, Lori, you were a big catapult on something that's happening for us right now. And I might be getting ahead of myself. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> but it's, it kind of goes along the line of following the breadcrumbs, which is, you know, even with all of my experience and all that I know, I, I have this finite amount of money that I can dedicate to my son's therapy. So I, I don't do it all. I can't do it all. And I have... Um, you know, a a lot of knowledge of different ways of doing something. And I've always wanted to try spelling therapy for my son. I've, I've seen it happen back when Soma was giving lectures Mm -hmm. years, years ago. And uh, I have a very good friend of mine, Chantel in San Diego, who has had incredible success with her son, Jeremy, who's a very famous artist at this point. And she's always kind of pushed me, but it was never the right time. And what was interesting is just in recent months, we had this huge discovery for Joey, which, I mean, this is just one piece of the magnificent uh, uh, different nuances of Joey, but he is now, we've just discovered he's incredibly sensitive to canola oil. And it was, it was just perplexing us every single time we would I would never cook with it at home, but every time we'd go out for eat, we're like, what is he eating? What is he getting that's setting him off on these anxiety attacks? Is that what it, it is? It was, I wonder we what the response it, was. 
Yeah, it, it took it. To, yeah, he would he hits his head. He oh no, he just would have these horrible self abusive explosions that we could not figure out what was doing it because we were always mm-hmm. looking at is it the hamburger? Is it the you know like is it the spice? Is it and we never even dawned it never dawned on us that it was the oil that it was being cooked in. And so even though with all of my dietary knowledge, we still that was something that just recently we discovered, and um when we discovered it, it really changed his world. The self-abuse like dropped 90% and and he's just a different kid. So he was in this, he's now in this perfect place of learning. He's ready. His body feels good. He feels good. And he, you know, and, and so we were ready. And so then all of these signs started coming to me, um, that, the, to do spelling therapy. And then you call me up and you're like, I'd like you to do the podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to listen to some of her podcast. And I hear your story with Elizabeth and, and bam, I call her like immediately and we're booked. And I drove down to Portland last week and we started it all off and we were, were on our path, but that's how it works. It works sequentially in a way that it can best unfold for you. And when you try to push too hard mm-hmm. and you're getting all these doors that are closing it and, and you're like, why is this so hard? Why is this so hard? And it's the universe's way of saying you're not ready or he's yep. not ready or she's not ready. So we have to respect that. Yep. I agree. It's, it's funny because, um, I mean, I am such a huge believer and proponent of that. And again, it's taken me, I mean, Skylar is almost 19. It's taken me most of his life to figure that out because it goes from me wanting it, even wanting it for him to him being ready to absorb it. And to tell me I'm ready. Our case was similar to yours in that his, he has ulcerative colitis and we didn't get that diagnosis until 2018. And he was in so much pain and we had no idea so there's no way we could have started it back then. I hadn't heard about it then uh, right. because he, he wouldn't be able to moderate his body and keep it right. still to point and do all the things. He still struggles with that now, but at least he's on a healing path to his belly, not distracting him from wanting to focus on spelling. And then as soon as we started it, seeing what he knows and just how much is in there. And I, I mean, I was blown away. I cry every session because I'm just yeah. like, Oh my gosh. And he's finally finding a way to tell us all these things. I mean, Joey could eventually probably spell to you. Like it's canola oil. Now that you figured it out, <laughs> it's canola oil. Thank you. I, know. So, I mean, so interesting. I mean, we, you know, we've, we've only had one session. I'm having my second one this uh-huh. afternoon and I, I am very excited, but you know, the, the, the other laughter of course, is my daughters and I are like, Wow, Joey probably knows a lot of secrets that are going to come. Yeah, out. that's true. I know. I'm worried about what Skylar's going to spell once it's open and he can spell whatever he wants. But, oh my but gosh. it's okay. What, what, whatever we get from it is fine. Uh, you know, I'm eager. Like, go back to the word. I'm eager for what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so Joey, I assume has been nonverbal all of his life. Um, yes. Or did he? He had never had words, and then he lost them. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm speaking. Um, uh, yeah. Did he have motor delays as well? Or um, was it pretty much just communication and, you know, maybe eye contact, things like that, that kind of triggered? No, I mean, I wouldn't say motor delays. I mean, and if you know, anybody who knows Joey knows he's a great cyclist yes. and yep. he's um, very physically active, um, but sensory integration was our biggest, our okay. biggest you know, he had tremendous sensory issues and still does. He spends, um, uh, a, uh, he, when, when, when he is dysregulated, we need to do vestibular. We need to do proprioceptive, which I do, I do a lot of your, I don't know how much of your listeners understand that, but vestibular is the, um, it's kind of like how we feel in our circle of, of, of space, like, 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 how do we, how are we able to deal with the, the movement of, of kind of knowing, you know, where we're grounded and, and how we move through this. And that's why swinging is so helpful to so many of our kiddos. So Joey is really, really, really big with the need to stimulate vestibular and to, or to calm it down, I should say. <clears throat> and so he spends a lot of his time in the swing. Okay. Um, That's interesting that bike riding maybe does that for him too. Just the, 
the cycling and the, the being out in the fresh air and just the movement to so see movement in general is, mm-hmm. is one of my biggest, um, as, as you know, from autism odyssey, one of what I talk about quite a bit is the importance of movement for our kiddos. Um, and the, the, the need for grounding and fresh air and touching, touching the earth and being out in nature because, you know, there's, there's a piece of them that receives so much peace and calming from that, that we need to indulge them in that ability to be outside. And should I tell the story about the vest right now? Or is that sure? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if for people who don't follow you, you came up with the, um, the vest that Joey wears, it's the be kind vest. Um, and he he's wearing it in pretty much all of your videos when you guys are out and about and stuff. And, um, I, I love the concept of that and coming up with that. So how did you come up with it? Or is it this story that, um, is, is the way that you, you came up with the idea? Well, it, yeah, it's, it's this motive that I want my son out in public. Mm-hmm. That is how I came up with the idea. And we're, we're about to redesign and make it even more, you know, more beautiful and, and just a little bit uh, softer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, uh, we're, we're working on that now. And by the way, if we have any out there um, seamstresses that uh, do <laughs> that want to work with us, <laughs> Or designers, let let us know because we are having them handmade, um, and I would like to have them made in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, if if we have people out there who want to work with us on this project, but the here here's here's how it started. We were living in San Francisco, and you can imagine, you know, here in Bellingham, where I live right now, Washington is a tiny little town, and pretty much everybody here knows Joey. Um, but in San Francisco, you're, you're surrounded by millions of people every day, a lot of them being tourists. And uh, so it's the exposure is endless of the people that are encountering Joey new for the first time every day. And it started by cycling. So he's, he's a cyclist and we would take our rides together and San Francisco is fabulous for cycling in because it's got it really good. A lot of hills. Separ- <laughs> yeah, but it's got really, yeah, it does have a lot of hills. But it has really good separated bike paths. So, it, and, and the drivers are really used to that. But the problem was, is he doesn't, uh, he doesn't understand courtesy. He doesn't, I mean, he could understand sure. rules that you have to stop, but, but courtesy was, is not something he, he still understands. So he was constantly being yelled at by other drivers, by other cyclists, by pedestrians. And it was so unnerving and so uncomfortable. So I, I, I came up with this idea and I bought this vest and I bought some iron on letters and I wrote on it autistic and just, just to see what would happen. And I still tear up thinking about the very first time, like my husband, my, my, he's not, we're partners, but my partner and I uh, took him out and he, we were in tears. We, people were so kind cyclists were giving thumbs up motorists were stopping on a dime everybody was just being so careful to make sure he had a clear path and everything was good it was like wow is that all it really took was just identifying it well then I started getting the criticism then I started getting we were going to a a swim center at the time and they started really criticizing the fact that I was labeling my son which was infuriating me because you, these are people that are, you know, they're, they're on the board of directors, but they don't have a clue what it's like to raise a child who's non-speaking and what that actually entails and what it's like when you get on a bus and mm-hmm. somebody moves over because they're afraid of your son, because yeah. the one thing you know about my son, Lori, if you've seen any, yes. anybody watch any videos, he is the most average looking into like he there's nothing that you would look about him that that you would look and you would say oh that's somebody with a with a different ability you know he so so if if he was a little unshaven and because he would bite his coats and his coats would be a little (laughs) like Skylar does they they would all just assume he was this deranged drugged out 
because yep. we were in San Francisco. No, oh, there's yeah. a picture right there. <laughs> so, so the constant fear that someone was going to hurt him or attack him or or berate him was was scary to us. Yeah, and so we then decided wearing the vest it more and more in public, and it just it changed our lives. It changed his life. People weren't afraid of him anymore, and so then I because I really wanted to soften it when I decided to make these in bulk and sell them through a nonprofit, I decided to add the word autistic be kind. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, why don't you say? you know, other things like I'm not speaking or I can't, it's like, no, you know, you have to understand when you're on a bike or you are just passing through somebody, you cannot tell your story at this time. You need three words, three words only. Yeah. So to be kind as unpolitically correct as that might be, it gets the point across fast and it makes our lives tremendously easier. And yeah. so that is the point of doing it. That way. And I, I mean, I get it. And you had told me before that you got some backlash. I mean, what don't we get backlash on? I, I, I can't even say the word nonverbal or non-speaking and people, you know, correcting me like that's not nice. Or, you know, he's not yet. Well, currently he is not. And I, you know, and this just happened to us at church. I mean, now I don't know if I would put the vest on him at church because most of the people at our church know that he is on the spectrum or that partly because we, whenever we are going anywhere that requires him to sit for a long period of time, um, or a lot of walking, he uses this, um, special needs stroller that we have. I post pictures of it all the time. And, um, so seeing a, an older child who's like 18 and clearly doesn't need a stroller, they know something is a little different with him. Right. But a woman came up to us on Sunday and was like talking to us and, she asked us, can I talk to him? Will, does he want me to talk to him? Will he talk back? And I could see Skylar getting upset. And um, we were like, yo, you can talk to him. He's just like any other 18 year old. He'll understand everything you're saying. Cause I don't want people to talk like a baby to him and to yeah. treat him differently. And um, so she was just, you know, asking questions. And she said she had a special needs brother. I mean, this was a 50 something year old woman, I think. Um, yeah. And then as soon as she walked away, Skylar was smacking Josh on the leg. He was hitting me. He was really agitated. And I, I love my husband for this. I mean, I didn't really think of it. He just said to Skylar, he's like in a calm voice. He said, I'm very sorry if anything that I said upset you when I described that you have autism and that you don't speak or you don't respond. And the more he kept apologizing to Skylar about the conversation and then, you know, I'm sorry if people come up to us they're just asking questions. They're just curious and they want to, you know, respect you and whatever. He slowly calmed down. He stopped hitting Josh and then he held his hand. And I was like, that's what it's like for us in public that people don't understand when our children our young adults are non-speaking. I, I don't know how else to tell them he has autism without saying it in his face and getting him upset because I'm describing him that way. But if I don't, then people will think he's just a brat or you know, like you said, that he's, you know, doesn't have common courtesy. He also touches people. I don't know if Joey does, but on a bus or something, he might right. reach out and try to hug someone or hold their hand, especially men. He's very, very friendly when it comes to that. And people might be weirded out by it. So well, it's interesting that it, that would bother him because here's the other way of looking at that is why does the word autism have to be a negative connotation? Mm -hmm. I mean, de describing that someone has is living with autism, which is typically <clears throat> how I say it, is that my son is living with autism. Mm -hmm. I don't feel is a is a is a put down. I I don't find the word autism autistic as as being it's um is is a negative connotation word. I just mm -hmm. I just feel that. It's like saying that, you know, I, I'm proud to say I have ADHD. I'm actually proud of my ADHD because I get so much done in a day. <laughs> and, and it's, it's like, it's, it's just a different ability because there's so many things that come along with autism that are so phenomenal that I wish I could do that my son can do that. I, I just look at it as, as a, as a descriptive word. And that's why when people say, you know, how do you label them? It's like, well, I'm a mom. That's a descriptive word. Mm -hmm. So why is this any different? And let you're, if you're projecting the fact that autism is not a good word, 
then that's your projection. But I, I don't look at somebody tells me they have autism. I meet plenty of adults every day that have autism. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, I mean, I would imagine the majority of the feedback you've gotten is, is vastly positive. Uh, I've even seen some of your videos where you guys have attended like a concert in the park and he's dancing and wearing his vest and people were so nice. They were dancing with him. It saddens me on the one hand that, you know, like you're biking an example, if people that, that, that we have to label our children outwardly for people to be kind, it's like, People are always so quick to be defensive yeah. and nasty to one another and online, in public, all that. But then if we say, you know, they have autism or whatever, right. like, oh, do you need, what do you need? And and I'll and I'll help you. And I'm just like, really? Do I <laughs> what can't people you just know, be kind you know, in general? I I I, you know? I, I do. <clears throat> I, I I hear that's actually one of the most common comments I get on TikTok. And um I I would here's how I would answer that is that there are so many times in life that somebody elicited some sort of fear in me that made me not want to be kind. Not necessarily mean, mm-hmm. but not necessarily out of my way kind. And I think it comes down to the fact that there are there is fear out there. There are people who do harming things. There, there, there's a sense within us that sometimes we want to take a step forward and sometimes we want to take a step backwards. And there's nothing wrong to have that intuition that is this okay and not to really know which way to, to go. So being kind, yes, but, but there's also, there's a limit sometimes because of potentials of danger. Mm-hmm. And, and <clears throat> it's, it's impossible for me to educate the entire population that my son is not dangerous. So if I can help him, if I can help somebody understand a little bit, then I'm going to, I'm going to take that step Mm -hmm. because what comes from it is we now live in a town you know, several hundred thousand people in, in my county, which, so it's not like there's, there's 200 people nearby. It, 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 we, it's a big county, but we live in a town where we don't go anywhere without somebody saying hi to Joey somewhere. And, and that comes from the comfort and, and it's okay that people, I don't get upset if people um, feel a little standoffish uh, at all, because mm-hmm. I, I get it. They, you don't know the fears that they, they, a friend of mine was one time attacked, uh, just last year by a deranged drug addict in downtown San Jose. And he just came and smacked her kids on the head. And, but it, he was deranged and, 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 and just completely out of it because of, of meth. But so that happens and these mm-hmm. are, there's reasons to be afraid. So, so that's, that's kind of like, where we have to, under, we have to have our heart understand that people have under, a reason sometimes to be afraid, certainly not of our kids, right. but they don't know. They, they don't know the difference. Know. Yeah. And, and, and here's, here's a piece of it, Lori, because I got tired of saying, oh, he's okay. He has autism. He's okay. He has autism. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and that's why the vest helps me so much because I can sit in a restaurant now he could stand up and rock and enjoy himself. And I don't have to spend my entire time yep. telling everybody within my vicinity that my son has autism done. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's- <clears throat> I think, and I guess that's where I was kind of going and probably didn't make it very clear with the church scenario, because if, if he was labeled, if you want to call it that, if he had the vest on, you're right. I wouldn't have to keep having these conversations in front of him. I always have because I don't want him to think that I'm hiding this piece of him and that I'm ashamed. So I've always said he's on the spectrum. He's has autism, whatever in front of him, because it's not a dirty word. And I didn't want him to think that it was again, something to be ashamed of. So the vest is so helpful for all of those things. And I guess the the biggest question is what does Joey think about wearing it? When you first put it on him, did he care at all? he's never ever once indicated that he didn't want to put it on and I can hand it, you know, he'll grab it. He puts it on himself. Mm -hmm. He does. He clearly must feel, I think what he he feels safer, you know, safe. I I think it's, it's that he feels 
the ease that's involved with having it. I'm calmer, whoever he's with is calmer. It, it just, there's just ease involved. So I think that's where he does it, but yeah. It's yeah. gotta be peace of mind for you too. In, in one of your blogs, you had mentioned that a police officer came up to him because he likes to sit outside and watch yeah. the cars go by at restaurants and things like that. Um, and he looked like he was alone, you know, nobody was with him and clearly something was off or, you know, whatever they could tell that something was different about him. Um, and so, you know, had he not had the vest on, right. it could go really the wrong way. <laughs> it, it gives me, it gives me an opportunity to not hover him. And by, by alone, just so you just, so yeah, he's right out from the window from you. <laughs> I can see him in the yeah. window. Right? Yeah. yeah. But, but it does. I mean, we're, we, you know, it, it gives, it gives him a little bit more autonomy to uh-huh. be able to not have me hovering around him. And so I think he really enjoys that. Now I want to talk about real briefly about that. Something that when, when I, so when the vest first started, I was never like trying to sell the vest on TikTok. That was never my motive. People just started asking me about it because they saw it on the videos. And I had this, uh, we give away, Autism Odyssey gives away when we get donations. Um, we Just so you know, we have about a 50 person back a waiting list right now. But when we get donations, we give out um, a vest to individuals with autism. And I have a waiting list. And, and I had this one gentleman on the list and, and, and I never, I always thought the intention of the vest was for a non-speaking individual living with autism. So it surprised me when I had this adult man living with autism who asked for a free vest because he was tired of being bullied every day. The Aww. issue was he was speaking, he was living in Chicago. He he is living in Chicago. He wears his vest every day. He says he wears it like a crown. He feels so proud to wear it. And he said it went from people making fun of him and afraid of him. And sometimes in trouble with the law, because he, he would do things that the police would get involved with because he couldn't, he could speak, but he couldn't process the words he needed fast enough. And so by wearing the vest, everybody just like kind of let him be. And so that, that's how I look at it. I mean, I thought it was a really interesting example of something I never thought about is that even those that are somewhat verbal speaking um, would really enjoy the peace that it brought to them. Yeah. That's, I mean, to me, that, that's all I would need to know that story. And then Joey wanting to put it on. Yeah. I, I wouldn't care what anybody else had to say, because if yeah. the people who actually wear it are happy wearing it, then yeah, that's, it impacted two lives positively. So that's good. I mean, I think that's, that's huge. Oh my gosh. Well, I love that. And um, I'll mention your um, autism odyssey website now, just because you've mentioned it a couple of times, I want to make sure people hear it. So you can purchase the vests, the be kind autism vests. On it is available autism for Odyssey. purchase. Right. Okay. It's $29.95 plus <clears throat> shipping. Um, we are having these handmade. So it's not, it's a, yeah. it's a, you don't have a low- huge backlog. <laughs> it's <laughs> inventory. Well, I have, I have a good inventory right now. Uh, we also have, which is interesting, a caregiver vest. So if the individual living with autism is uncomfortable wearing it, we have a vest for caregivers. Oh, cool. So, okay. So that they can wear a vest that says caregiver. And, and that this way you understand, they understand that somebody's with them because there's, you know, Lord, I don't know if you, if you, if you t- touched upon caregivers in general, um, about how many free things are available for caregivers, uh, out there because um, I had no idea. So please enlighten us. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we, we developed the caregiver vest because it now I, I don't, know if this pertains as much to children, but if you have an, a, 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 if you're taking care of, of an adult living with autism and you, I, I, we love our caregiver vests for this reason. Um, you'd be amazed how many free things you get entries to things um, like the we Seattle Space Needle uh, ferries that I go to out here, um, all for free for caregivers. Um, Amtrak offers a caregiver rate. Uh, I just bought some tickets. One was a disability. The second was a caregiver rate. So it was dramatically less. Um, uh, unfortunately, airlines do not. But yeah, um, uh, but but most museums 
will offer a disability plus a caregiver rate. We have to start asking for that because the premise is this. They don't, this is why I think it's only for adults, but what they don't want is the adult going by themselves into their facility. So they are saying, if we let you go as a caregiver for free, we are assuming that you will take care of that person. Mm-hmm. So understandable, fair enough, but then give it to me for free. If I, if my job is to take care of, because I really don't want to go into some of these places that my son wants to go to. So it makes sense that I wouldn't be charged for that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that a lot of people just don't even, aren't even aware to ask. And we no. need to start asking because that's how we make changes happen. Yeah, that's incredible advice. I didn't know that they offer such a thing and clearly they don't advertise it. So you no, have to know no, to ask for no. that. And I, it's and interesting. Take advantage of it, but yeah. Well, yeah, it, I mean, cause that's yeah. what's happened at Disney. You know, yeah. when we went to Disney, when the kids were little, um, Skylar had, I forget what the, I mean, it might've even been called, called an autism pass, a special needs pass, something. Called, yeah, the fast pass, we didn't, right. But it wasn't even, it was different. And then yeah. we didn't wait in line for any characters or anything. But he, at that time, because he couldn't walk, we didn't have that stroller. He was in a wheelchair because um, he wouldn't right. stay in a wagon. So I hated that, putting him in that, but also it gave people a visual, like we're not just cutting the line or whatever. And it was for right. all of us in our family of four. But now it's like per ride, you have to go to the, yeah. to the stand and get the thing because so many people were lying I know. and taking I know. those passes and they weren't disabled and they weren't a caregiver and they, oh, that stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. I know <laughs> it, it is. It is. And we're actually headed to Disney in a couple of weeks. Um, oh yeah. Yay. And, uh, just, yeah. Cause Ron's going to a conference. So Joe and I are just going to hang out and have fun. Um, and I'm going to cover all of that on social media. So we're going to do a lot of really fun Disney stuff on, um, on my page, which should be, should be fun. Um, That's cool. Yeah. It, it, but but I, well, the one thing I do really appreciate Disney about is their um, perfection with dietary guidance. They are very, very good mm-hmm. and very, very thorough with ingredients and things such as that. So it's a place that I can go and be pretty comfortable because Joey has, I mean, canola oil. Ha. That's like <laughs> one, one, tw- one, what of a hundredth of all the things that he has issues with. It's taken me 28 years to figure out, uh, piece by piece of all the things that have caused him the issues that, I mean, so that's just one of many. Well, I wanted to talk about that a little bit more too. You, you know, you have written the book, um, remind me what it was called. Picky um, eating solutions, picky, picky eating solutions. And, right. um, did that, a lot of that come, as you said, it's taken 28 years, but it, was it um, outward expressions of allergies to things or, or food sensitivities to things like Skylar's skin breaks out terribly and we have to really monitor what he eats right. and, um, or was he just a picky eat, a classic picky eater as they were called when they were little. And then you've just kind of evolved from that to realize what he cannot tolerate. And well, it's a combo because there's a biomedical reason why they're picky eaters. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there is an internal um, discord, dysbiotic discord that's going on within their system that pushes the picky eating. So it's a dr- you have to kind of like look at it in a really bigger picture. Just so you know, I have not reprinted picky eating solutions because I'm, I'm wanting to redo it and I'm actually redoing it as a masterclass that's going to be online videos rather than in a book form. Apparently you can still buy the digital version. Okay. <laughs> but uh, a I, lot I has changed in 12 years. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. fair of any book. But I'm 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 actually I've I've I'm really redoing it as as more of a master series um uh, of 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 lectures because I think people learn, especially those of us. Um, who are taking care of individuals with autism, we, we can learn better by short clips of videos rather than sitting down and trying to decipher and break down a book. Um, so so there, there's a lot going on with the picky eating piece. And you, you have to first really understand the biomedical pieces as to what causes picky eating. And we could do a whole show just on that, Lori. I mean, like we seriously, mm-hmm. I'd love to come back sometime and we can really kind of take that apart because it's a, it's a really important subject here. Here's why I feel it's one of the most important subjects when it comes to autism is that 
number one, it is something that you could do at home with no risk. In other words, it doesn't cost, you don't have to pay a lot for a consultant. You don't have to uh, worry about side effects. You know, you can do it at your own speed and, and it's something that everybody can and I don't like to use the word should, but really might should might want to consider doing, um, and and it show and it has the most amount of of, of um, benefit to it. The, the the issue I feel that people don't want to look at dietary intervention is often because they have their own hangups and picky eating situations on their own. And the thought of taking this on means that they're not only going to have to change things for their child, but for themselves as well, because it is a lifestyle change for the whole mm -hmm. family. When you go in this direction, the more anybody who knows about nutrition knows, the more you start learning, the more you start wondering, oh, well, then if that's an issue, well, what else could be an issue? And, and it, you start going down this rabbit hole and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't know how bad canola oil was. Like yeah. you get to that point. But on the other hand, it is the one place that in, in running a holistic medical clinic for 16 years, it is the one intervention that made the biggest difference across the board with every single client. Mm -hmm. And, and the, and the piece of it is how do you even deny that it could help? How could anybody deny that what you put in your child's body five times a day or more is not going to affect behavior? You can't expect chemicals in and, 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 and food that upsets the, the gut floor in that is not going to have an effect. We make the majority of our serotonin. We make the majority of our neurotransmitters in our gut. So how our gut is and where our gut stays on a day-to-day -day basis is going to affect how we behave. And I am always amazed that when, you know, we put a lot of money out there towards therapies without changing the, 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 the kind of Zen of the internal body, it makes it, it makes it really hard to keep up with the therapies. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a really vital place that I feel after with my experience is a good place to start, but where you start or what you're able to do is a no judgment, do just, just one step. Like it might be the first step might be just stop soda just start drinking water. Like that could be the first step for somebody, but somebody else, it could be, okay, you're off of gluten, you're off of dairy, you're off of sugar. And, and, and that's where they're going to start. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, it's kind of meeting people where they're at. And I'm doing consultations now um, to, to help some families trying to kind of decipher like where to start and, and, and what to begin and what to do. Um, and I'm, and I'm, just starting the kind of the process of, I did that for 16 years and I'm kind of going back into it now um, with a little bit more of, of handholding in the process. Yeah. Well, and it's like everything else we've said, you know, it's, um, these are all suggestions, strong suggestions. There's some things that we've tried that it's hit or miss that people ask me, you know, did you guys do this therapy or that therapy? I'm always willing to share and, and, that it didn't work for us or whatever. But the one thing I have become so passionate about is the diet, no matter what it is. Like you said, if you are somebody who says my kid is absolutely not going to adhere to no dairy or whatever, then pick something else and start with something else. And you definitely don't want to change a million things at once. It's just like medications. You just want to you change one thing at a time so that you can really pinpoint what it is that might be affecting them. But again, having gone 16 years and not knowing that all the medications that Skylar has been on and is still on some for ADHD and anxiety. And then, then they say, you know, he's possibly depressed. Well, you know, I don't know if he is or isn't because he doesn't really indicate that, but he's yeah. on all these medications to control the aggression, the behaviors or whatever. Meanwhile, we learn at age 16 from his gastroenterologist and all of his scopes that a lot of these behaviors are because the kid is in severe pain. Yeah. I've hit walls too, because I'm frustrated because I can't use the bathroom without pain. I can't communicate to you guys that my stomach hurts and that this food is burning as it goes down or whatever it is. So of course the behaviors ramp up. And the minute I removed, you know, um, we, we went to the strict carbohydrate diet just 
for us, it was the best thing to do. And he loves all the foods. Shockingly, he, he eats a lot of cauliflower replacements and yeah. he's happy as can be. And his behaviors have drastically dropped now that he is better. And so he can focus Absolutely. He can, all these things, but you don't know, unless you try, we did gluten-free dairy-free because that was the buzz at the time, gluten-free, casein-free. Everybody said, you got to be doing this. At age two, I did, or age three, I think I did that for two years. I didn't see any change with him. I did it again later in life. And when his teen years, didn't see any change with him because it wasn't just that for him. It was exactly. all carbohydrates. It wasn't gluten at all. Exactly. Gluten-free pasta didn't help him. You know, you know, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm sure I'm going to botch it, but it's by Sid Baker. And it was, it's something to the connotation of if you have two tacks in your foot and you remove one tack, it still hurts to walk. Yeah. So th- that's kind of the issue. What happens when when people try dietary intervention is they remove one tack, but there's other tacks mm-hmm. and they haven't gotten all the tacks out. So you really don't know if it's helping because it still hurts to walk. Mm-hmm. So the, you, you, you hit it perfectly because it was all exactly, it was the carbohydrate. And, and, and that's, that's why I feel that there's some great specialists out there. Um, Julie Matthews is one of my favorite. Her website is Nourishing Hope. Uh, she's an old friend of mine. We, we taught together for years at conferences decades ago. Um, and she's, she's an amazing nutritionist. Um, I, my job really as a consultant is more of helping you um, not, not to be your necessarily longtime coach, but to be like, let's get this organized. Let's figure it out. Let's decide where we're going to start and, and mm-hmm. kind of like set you on your way from that, because there, there's some people out there doing some incredible work and, and there are some medical pre- professionals, but people need to understand if your doctor, your traditionally trained doctor is saying dietary interventions don't work. It's because they're not trained. So I was married to an MD pediatrician (laughs) for a lot of years. And he will tell you that he, the only training he received in nutrition in med school was how certain foods react to certain drugs. Mm -hmm. That that was, it's, it's primarily, uh, you know, drug focused. So So you, you have to be open to understanding that you're going to probably have to hear it from someone else. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I respect the doctors for the, for the job that they have been taught and what they're there for and know that there are different people for different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we as autism moms and dads pretty much have to take the reins of, of all things anyways, even therapies. I mean, I'm Skylar's spelling therapist for the most part because or his communication partner, because our therapist doesn't live in our state. So, I mean, same with dietetics. I feel like I've, I should have a degree in dietetics, a degree in, you know, speech therapy, all these things. But I mean, if that's what it takes, we're the ones that are around our kids 24 seven. And we see the backlash when they eat a chicken nugget. And it was not you know, something that they should have had and they got a hold of sugar or whatever. So we're the best judge of kind of where to start. When, when, when parents of three-year-olds come to me and they say, um, my child just got diagnosed. And my first response is you're about to get really smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Because, because there's a lot to learn. And, and there's a lot of opinions and you, and you, you need to just kind of just start listening and, and, um, and, and believing what you want to bring in and what you don't want to bring in, what's not serving you best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is, we could talk for two, three hours, but, um, one thing I, I definitely did want to touch on, um, before we end is, um, and it's probably a, a loaded question or a big question, but. People ask me a lot, you know, as Skylar is, um, you know, now in a young adult and he, we did guardianship, we've done his social security paperwork and, you know, have his trust in place. We're really thinking about the future and we're even considering moving um, to another state that has better adult resources and things like that. Um, you know, do you, do people ask you, or do you talk much about the later years? I mean, Joey's 28, so right. He's clearly going to be with you guys, um, you know, for the long term. 
that's the scariest part about this phase that we're in is, okay, I, I wish I could live, outlive him, um, but I just don't know that that's reality. So I can have everything in place and feel like I'm prepared, but nobody's going to care for him like I do. You know, even I wouldn't want to put that burden on Skylar's sister. And I know Joey has two sisters. I just, what, what are your thoughts on just kind of planning for that? Or do you not really plan too far ahead? You just go day to day. Um, okay. So yes, you have to do the paperwork. You do the guardianship. You do all those other things. Absolutely important. You put things in trust. Also important. Making sure that everything's going to go to him. That's also important. Um, but honestly, the thing that I do every single day to prepare me for that is taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I understand it's not foolproof. I understand that things can happen. Um, and, but I, I will say that when I make my choice to bear, you know, to, to watch everything that I eat, to put pure things into my body, to not look at medication as a band-aid, medication as a bridge, not a band-aid you know, because medication might help you get to where you need to go, but, but to, to, to focus more on how do I fix the real, the real issue. And, and, and I don't want to downplay um, some medications because there's some that are, especially for mental health that are just really vital. And, and I, I can appreciate and understand, but to, to start taking responsibility for my health and not to feel that it's a crapshoot whether or not I'm going to get cancer or heart disease or diabetes um, because it doesn't even matter to me what my DNA is, even though I have a good idea of my DNA, I want to give myself all the benefits in the world that I can to, to live the longest life, because that is the greatest gift that I could give my son. Mm -hmm. And it means not just the physical pieces by what I eat and what I choose to drink alcohol wise or not drink and not just all of those pieces, but it also is my mental health. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's meditation. It's staying focused. It's finding positive thoughts. It's, it's looking for the good in life. It's living life with joy. It's all of these things, because honestly, the, the best I you're right. Yes. I will, he would go into a state funded living facility. That is exactly what will happen. His sisters will take, you know, check in and all of that, but there's no one who's going to care for him the way that I will. And, and that saddens me. So I want to be around as long as I can. And if that's going to happen, I better take a lot of responsibility for my own health to give myself the, the most longevity that I possibly could give myself. Yeah. I mean, caregiver burnout is a very real thing and it, it's so under discussed and so there's not any resources for us. I mean, we don't have respite at all. I don't ever get a break unless my husband and I divide and conquer, which is how we live life pretty much. So for, for us to get away, it's just, it's a different picture than people talk all the time about how, when they were expecting a child and how they had plans and how those plans are now different. Um, you know, Skylar's not going to go to college and some of those things that I had planned out and I'm fine with that. The one piece that I hadn't yet gotten to until now is my retirement plan. Like I have planned to, to retire with my husband and, you know, get a beach house somewhere and, you know, Kendall and Skylar be living their lives as adults. And they, um, one of my really good friends, Jess Ronnie posted something about this the other day about caregivers and how we raise our children to be 18 and then they go out and live their lives. And then we hope at 30 or so, when they have families and lives of their own, they'll come back and check on their old parents, you know, and like, you know, see if we need anything and help take care of us in our older years. And as caregivers for severely autistic young adults, we aren't going to have that luxury. I'm going to always be taking care of Skylar when I'm 80 and 85 and, um, you know, uh, catering to his every need. So my retirement looks a lot different than I had planned. And I'll never Certainly. be without a child. He will always be with me. So I, I don't have a problem with a adult facility that, that Joey would move into. In fact, I'm, I'm certainly aiming for that now, but um, I think we need to be really active with, with requesting them through our state, um, mm -hmm. 
to, to say, you know, we, we need more of these. I mean, you're right in the fact that there are some states that are handling it way better than other states, but you know, how long for, 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 for what period of time? Mm -hmm. The one thing is with Washington is nowhere near as many facilities as all in California, but in Washington, you have a lot more freedom than the way you can do it in California, which in my opinion, I'd rather have more freedom than um, have more availability. So I, I really, I, 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 I'm not Pollyanna feeling that, oh, all you have to do is meditate and you're going to be fine. And <laughs> I mean, it's not about that. I, I just, I just wanted to, because I really want to make sure that I, I convey that, you know, my choice at nighttime to not have a second drink, for example, like my friends will be having, because I know I'm on call 24 seven. Yes. Like you can't, you can't do that. I mean, it, it's, it carries into everything that I do in life. Like I need, I'm on call. I need to be the best that I can be, but then again, it means as much respite as, as you can possibly push for. And I, I wasn't getting any respite in the state of Washington when I first moved here. And I had to fight and fight and fight for, I don't like to use the word fight. That's not the right word. I had to learn and learn and learn and push and push and push. And I finally got something that I needed. And, and it's sad that it has to be that way because yes. there's nobody who has less time to push and push and push <laughs> yeah. than us parents. But it is the way that it, it sometimes is. And, and we then, then when we have that respite, we really need to use it to the best of its ability. How can I use this to better my situation? And, 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 and better in your situation might be taking a walk. I mean, that mm -hmm. might be better in your situation. But, but you, you definitely need to find ways. And I don't, you know, I've, I've talked about this on my site. Like it's not, if, if getting your nails done makes you happy, fine. So be it, but it's not necessarily about that. It's yeah. just about from, from your core, taking care of yourself so that you're, because, Ill, because sadness kills, depression kills and, and, and us caregivers have to find ways to find some ounce of joy in our lives. And we can, if we look at things optimistically and, and that that's a whole different mindset and a different way of thinking and couldn't possibly be discussed in the, the in one minute, but it, it is something that has to be a focus of our lives. Yeah. And I think if people start, no matter the age of their child, I think if they start thinking about that now, that's why I try to always emphasize caregiver support as much as support for our kids and services and funding and all of that, because I wish that someone had said that to me when Skylar was younger. Like you said, I didn't have, we didn't have social media. We didn't have any of those things. So right. the only support I had was support groups that I physically had to go to, but I couldn't find anyone to watch him so I could go. So, I right. mean, it's just like, you know, right. if, if they're hearing us with older kids say, take time for yourself, it's not selfish. It's not selfish. You need to do that and inst implement that now and institute that now then it won't be such a shock when they're older and you're like, oh my gosh, I never, I don't have a life outside of caring for my, you know, child. Right. I, I don't right. have any, I don't have any hobbies. I don't have any friends. I don't have anything going on in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. So, my relationships, my relationships have always carried me through. And it's mm -hmm. my, it's those relationships that have been able to uh, strengthen me on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's the person that I'm, I, I, I'm married to or partnered with, or my, my friends finding good relationships, but, but to, to get those good relationships, it, it can't be about always dumping on that person. It has to be reciprocally mm -hmm. loved. And, and a lot of, um, and, and sometimes it's hard to be able to, to give when you're empty. So you, finding ways of uplifting. I, I, I tell I am the worst empathizer in the world. If you call me up and you just want to cry on my shoulder, <laughs> you are just not going to get a happy person. Like I'm not, I'm going to be like, well, get better. Like, like, I just don't, I don't, because empathy to me is like, okay, I, I get it. This situation looks crappy. What are we going to do about it? 
Cause that's where, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm action. Like, what are we going to do about getting up? We can look at it differently. We could take an action. We could talk about things that we are appreciative of. We could just change the, the, the vibe of the whole mood, whatever it takes, let's feel better. Let's find ways to feel better. And that's, that's an art that comes as we get older and we care less <laughs> yep. about what other people think about us, yep. it just becomes easier and easier over time. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the other thing to that too, is I want people to, you know, this might sound harsh, but I'm sure there are days that people resent autism or they, they don't necessarily resent their children, but they just resent having to do this and to live yes, this life. Course. That's more challenging. Oh, and I, time. and I've been yeah. there, I've been in that place, sure. but right now, now that I have changed just how I show up for Skylar, I feel like my, my attitude, my just I don't know if it's been spelling with him and, and I just see him differently now. I just see him as a, as a young, the young adult that he is. And I like spending time with him and the more fun he and I have together, like you and Joey do on all your adventures every day out and about it's he's calmer. It's just, it's the way that I, you know, yeah. present myself around him so and true, I'm Lord. stressed so out true. and I'm frustrated and I'm like, Oh, autism, you know, or this day is terrible, right. whatever he totally feels that. So then he's fired so up. His behaviors are bad. I mean, I'm like ashamed to admit that it's taken me this many years to figure that out, but it's just, it's, it's just how I, yeah. It, I, and I, and I like him. I mean, yeah, maybe it took me till my mid to late forties to figure this out, but I, I like him as a person. I like, I'm not, I'm not angry at autism anymore. And I, I just, yeah. You know, let me just say to those people listening, thinking, you know, as daunting as it sounds that you're, that I'm, you know, 56 and taking care of my child every day, you find your groove, mm -hmm. you, you find your groove. You, you, it, it I, I don't wake, you, you do have those days where it's not fun, but you find your groove to where it's like, okay, this is, this is what we do. And you can look at it with fear or anger or sadness, or you can look at it as like, Hey, you know, the last thing I would have done today on my own is get yesterday. It was 37 degrees and we went for a 15 mile bike ride. <laughs> and I can tell you that if jelly was in my life, I would not have gone for, for a, a 15 mile bike ride. But after it was over, it was like, I'm pretty badass. I went for a 50 mile bike ride in 37 degree weather. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, so the, you know, it, that's, that's finding your groove. That's like finding something to appreciate about the situation. Yep. Find your joy <laughs> every day. Joy. I'm sure the smile on his face was beaming. It was probably frozen oh, yeah. <laughs> because he was loving every minute of that. I he mean, did. I think he to me, brilliant. that's worth it. Like, you know, walking down the street and people saying, Hey, Joey, hi, Joey. I mean, how can that not make you feel so good oh, that so the community great. knows and loves your son? You know, so they great. embrace him. It's, so it's just the best. I, I I just adore it. And and it's not even just my community. We're at the point right now with we have I have nearly 70,000 followers on yes. TikTok. And, yeah. and uh we go just about anywhere um and people recognize us. So it's a lot of fun. Well, I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> Yay, it's gonna happen, girl. I know, I know. That's the that's the side of the country we're moving to. So oh good, <laughs> may, good, good. it may yeah. happen. <laughs> I have, I have oh my gosh. Well, we definitely need a follow-up <laughs> episode to get into more um, of the nutrition stuff. And there's so many other things I want to talk about your daughters and just yeah, all of yeah, that. Yeah. So we'll, I'll definitely have you back, but thank you so much for agreeing to sit down and chat with me today about your life and about Joey. Thank you for doing what you do. Your awareness is invaluable to so many uh, parents and it's, it's, a, it's a great gift that you, of yours that you share. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, have a great rest of your day and we'll be talking again soon. Sounds great. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.